1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13. pages stick together. Now these remain faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. Let's pray again before we go any further. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for the honor and privilege of sharing your word. God, again, as I pray in the past, what is of you, may it stick to my friends' hearts and help transform them more into the image of Jesus. And what's not of you, may it fade away. God, I pray that you would give me clarity and that it will be your, that you would be glorified in this sermon. In Jesus' name, amen. Through the last few weeks, we've been going through a sermon series on the essential Christian attitudes, faith, hope, and love. I hope that I'm not the only one who's not, who's mi- I hope I'm not the only one who's never missed out, who's missed out on an essential ingredient while cooking something. It's kind of embarrassing, right? You know, think about every recipe has those essential that if you miss that, it's, it's hooped. There's no, there's no going back from it. You know, you, whatever it is, there's, there's always something, and it won't be the desired result unless you can get that essential ingredient. When I was in grade six, my mom had started working with me on cooking and, and baking, and, and the thing I, for a while, I was fascinated by making cakes. I'd make a cake probably every week, and my daughter Bethany can relate because she's she loves to make cupcakes and cakes, and she's mortified that I mentioned her name, but she loves baking and it, and she does a really good job with it. Um, but when I was in grade six, I every week I'd be making another cake, and my mom taught me how to make icing. And you know, when we make cakes, there's essential ingredients, right? And I was doing pretty good. I I'd done a several cakes in a row that turned out really well. And then my mom went, wasn't home one day, and I was like, I'm going to make a cake. She didn't, I didn't have her there just to look over my shoulder and double-check that I was putting everything in. I, I, I thought I was doing everything. I was like, okay, check, check, check. Mixed all the ingredients together. Put it in the oven. I'm all good. Then I was like, oh, I mix up my icing, and, and I have my icing all ready to go when I when it comes out of the oven, when the cake comes out of the oven, and when I brought the cake out, it didn't rise. Actually, the, the, the sides rose, but the, it looked like a crater. And I thought, well, I don't know what happened. I, I don't know what I missed, but I'm going to redeem this project. I'm going to put my icing in on, I'm going to ice the cake so it, it's something. Well, the icing wasn't quite thick, and it was more of like a liquid, and so it was like a crater lake thing, and it was quite humorous. My cake missed essential ingredients. 1 Corinthians 13, 13 says that there's faith, hope, and love. Those remain, but the greatest of these is love. We've covered two essential attitudes in our series, faith and hope. And today we're going to cover the greatest of these three, love. 
You know, I can remember from a younger age, after being a Christian, reading these passage, because I'd read, I'd hear this passage again and again, and I'd think, faith, hope, and love. And these are really important, but it says the greatest of these is love. And I struggled in my mind, why would love be superior over faith? Why would it be so much more important than hope? There's an old hymn that says, faith will vanish into sight. Hope will be emptied into delight. Love in heaven will shine more bright. In heaven, there will be no need for faith. As our faith will be made sight as we'll see the, our Savior face to face. There are the certain we, certain, certainty we have in hope will become a reality. But love will be more intense and more pure than ever before. So today we're going to look at love. The greatest of these is love. So my first point I'd like you to think about is that love is rooted in the nature of God. First John, verse chapter four, verses seven to ten. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Everyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God shows his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Wow. That God would love us enough to send his son to die for our sins. He didn't have to do that. He did it because he is love. That's essential to who he is. We spoke last week about how hope was seen in the nature of God. In the same way, God's nature shows us his love. True love. Not a mixed up human emotion love that, oh, well, if you love me, you'll give me what I want. Not on again, off again. Not a, I'll love you if you obey. God's love is unmerited. God loves us even when we sin and when we don't even love him. God loves us. And God's love, God's love shows us how to love. All of, us, all of his characteristics are connected to his love. John chapter 13, verse 1. It was just before the Passover feast. Jesus knew that, that the time had come for him to leave this world and go into the Father, having loved his own who were in the world. He now showed them the full extent of his love. The full extent of God's love is shown to us in Jesus. That Jesus would give up his, his very 
I, 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 I love the, the idea. I don't know if you've ever seen the cartoon Aladdin, and I, I don't, I just think of the genie, he talks, he's talking to Aladdin, and he says, huge cosmic power, itty bitty box. And, and Jesus was almighty God, and he limited himself to, to being a human. Not to disrespect Jesus, but he limited himself to all his godhood in to, that he would come and walk as us and then eventually sacrifice his body on the cross for our sins. The full extent of love that no nothing we have done could ever merit that. And we want to think about it for a minute. There's nothing that we can do to earn God's love. Just he wanted, he chose to love us. There's not many who would willing, be willingly to lay down their lives, but Jesus did, and to me that's all inspiring. Next, love is a divine paternity test. Now I had to think about this front for a while, thinking about how how does this work. You know, we think about who who is your dad? Who, who how do you know your dad is your dad? First John chapter three verses one it says, How great is the love of the Father has sorry, how great is the love of the the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. That is who that is what we are. You're a child of God. If you if you have claimed to Christ as your Savior, you are a child of God. The Father shows the ultimate love by pouring out love for his children. God looks out for his children, desiring the very best for them. That doesn't mean we'll never go through tough things, but it does mean we'll be taken care of. You know, I don't know if you've thought about but traits that parents have, kids usually have. I don't know if you've ever noticed that Arielle has curly hair. Her parents have curly hair. You know, traits are passed down. Um, there's some traits that you'll know that who's their parents are by their, you see the child and you're like, oh yeah, that's, they, they definitely are related to so-and-so because they, just, those traits are come through. And with God... Love is that, that divine paternity test that if we have that love, it shows that we're his child. First John chapter four. Verses nineteen to uh, chapter five, verse one. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God, yet hates a brother or sister, is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister, whom they have seen, cannot love God, whom they have seen, who they have not seen. And he has given us this command, anyone who loves God must love their brother and sister. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ born of God and everyone who loves the father lo- loves the father loves his child as well our love 
comes from the fact that God loves us first. Isn't, God didn't wait till you say, hey, I know what, God, I love you. And say, oh, yes, I'll love you too now. But he, he loved us first. He, his love gave us the ability to love. You know, parents can typically relate to this because typically you love your children before they even love you, before they can even understand what love really is. And even when your children don't love you, you still love them. They may be so mad at you, you still love them because they're your children. In these verses, we are told that we can't say that we love God while hating our, our fellow Christian. And we can't say, oh, I just, I just don't like them. But I don't actually hate them. I just don't like them. It's the statement is about neg- you're having that negative thoughts about your brother and sister. Another who is created in the image of God, created in the God who you can't see, it shouldn't be if we actually love God. Loving other believers is so important. Uh, John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. Jesus says, a new commandment, a new command I give to you. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another by this all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Jesus gives us a new command. And, you know, I've, I've said this before, but it seems strange that he would say it's a new commandment because he's told people all along, God's always said, love others. But this is a new commandment in the sense that it's directed towards his followers specifically. And not just his followers, but followers to love others, believers in Christ. Not we're not to be selective, but we're called to love, have love towards other believers, and by this it will show that we are followers of Christ. The, that unity that we can have as believers, that this when it's dis, when we are disunified and we're hating, like when we the world sees oh, well, I hate so-and-so, and I dislike this person, and I dislike this person in the church. That's when the, the outside world says, well, why would I want to be a part of that? They're, they're no different than us. But that's what Jesus calls us to have love for our other brothers and sisters, to come alongside them and build them up and encourage them. Pick them up when they've fallen down. If we actually believe that Jesus has called, has called us, it shouldn't be too much to ask when he asks us to love other believers, to demonstrate the very least we, you think we could be, we're, we've come here to worship the same God, the very least you think we could be on the same page of loving each other, you know, even if it was difficult to, to love the people outside this building, but to love the people in this building that we're worshiping with, to love the other believers that we, we have in Three Hills and, and around, to love them, you wouldn't think it would be too much to ask for the, that the world would know that we are his followers and that we're different. 
You want to know who your father is? The test is love. Think about the love you have in your life. I don't know if you've ever read through 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and looked at the in four to, chapter 4 verse in verses 4 to 7 Paul talks he says love is patient love is kind it does not envy it does not boast it is not proud and sometimes i put my my name in there and it breaks my heart because i don't i feel i i fail the test is dave patient is dave kind Dave not envy? Does Dave not boast? Is Dave not self not self seeking? Or not easily angered? Can you put your name in there? And replace your name with love? Remember this this chapter in First Corinthians is a commentary on living well in community of believers. If that's if that's true. It's a love that should mark us always. There's an old hymn that goes, they shall know that we are Christians by our love. It starts right here. If we can't love our fellow brother and sister, then it's going to be really tough to love those who don't know Jesus yet. Love doesn't always look to just be loved back. Some people think, well, I'll love them if they love me and I'll give them the attention. Some people don't even know how to love yet. Love has no expectation of return. Love loves the invaluable and unpopular because in God's mind, they are valuable. They are popular. Love Loves despite how we might be seen. And this is really important. I think that love stands in truth. Sometimes we think that, oh, if I love them, I can't, I can't stand for truth. No, love, God loves us and he stands for truth. He disciplines us because he loves us. He stands up for what's right. Next is love is the greatest commandment. Matthew chapter 22, verses 34 to 40. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. And this Pharisee, who was an expert in the law, when we think of the law, we think of, typically we think of the Ten Commandments, and, and that's, he would have been really knowledgeable at Ten Commandments. 
but there was like 610 commandments that he knew like to the T and it's like but the 10 kind of boils those commandments down even further and he's like okay he's they want to trip up Jesus and he says which is the greatest of these there's so many commandments to look at what is the greatest and when approached about what was the greatest Jesus boiled it down to two love God and love people it seems pretty simple doesn't it if we truly live by those two commandments we wouldn't have an issue with the Ten Commandments because they'd be covered. If we love God, there'd be no idolizing other things and going to, to making idols of him and trying to figure out if he was a true God. Love changes us. Love changes our thoughts and our actions. Changes our motivation. When we love God, a love for people should just follow. It should be a natural thing that follows after we, when we say we love God. What follows, what follows us following the great commandment is the great commission. At the end of Matthew, we're told to go out into all the world and share the good news. The great commission is our, our, our call to go and tell what Jesus has done for us, whether it be here or Africa. When we love others, we need to tell them that good news because that's true love. Next, love is the essential ingredient. I mentioned before there's essential ingredients and if not, it doesn't turn out well when you miss them. Um, and like I said, I hope I'm not the only one who's made that mistake. But First Corinthians chapter 13, verses 1 to, 1 to 3. If I speak in the tongues of men or angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy, and I can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge and if i have faith that can move a mountain but i do not possess love i am nothing if i give all i possess to the poor and give it give over my body to hardships that i might boast but i don't have love i'm gaining nothing when we miss up when we don't have the essential ingredient and we're trying to do things on our own strengths. We're just do, doing it all to look good. Not, it doesn't equate to anything. When we see the Apostle Paul in this passage, he says, you can have everything going for you, but you're missing love. It really means nothing. It doesn't mean anything at all. All the popularity, all the skill in the world, all the money, you can be the best preacher in the world, but if you don't have love, it's all for naught. Paul uses pretty strong language here. He even said you can get, have, give it all away, everything. You have millions of dollars, and it doesn't mean anything in the end if you're not doing it with love. 
It's all for naught. It could be the cake that doesn't rise. It could be the dish that you make all the time and it's just your favorite thing in the world to make. But this time it just doesn't taste right. Love is the essential ingredient that we as believers all need. Finally, love is in you to give. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It's not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. There's a story of a young boy that I heard about who he struggled at school with friends who picked on all the time. No one really seemed to like him, though he would try so hard to have friends. Maybe you know kids that like that are at school who no matter how hard they try, they're picked on. The kids at school would regularly make fun of him he would come home often in tears because of what had happened. His mother was concerned and tried to help him and would console him to the best of her ability. Then one day, as Valentine's Day grew near, he came up with this idea that he was going to make Valentine's for all of his class. His mother encouraged him with the idea, but was worried. How would this be taken? Would it be reciprocated? By the other students, would they give him love as a result? She didn't have much hope in that. Finally, Valentine's Day had come, and the boy excitedly gathered up his cards, and he put them in his backpack, and with excitement, he bounded out the door, saying, Bye, Mom. I'll see you after school. He was so excited to give out these cards. The mother, fretting already, began to make chocolate chip cookies for her son, his favorite. When it came for the time for her son to be coming home from school, she stood at the window watching, seeing him walking alone with a group of students ahead of him, laughing and, and joking around, and he was just walking slowly. As he neared home, she's went and got the cook, a plate of cookies and a glass of milk and just wanted to meet him at the door to encourage him. She said, oh no, this has gone so wrong. No one's given him a card or, or the people aren't loving him like the, he's loved others. And she's just so discouraged. He came through the door. His first words, not one. The mother, fighting back to tears, said, oh sweetie, I made you cookies. I made your favorite cookies, and I have milk here for you. She would barely finish her sentence as he would continue, not one. I didn't miss a single person in my class. He was overjoyed that he could share a small sentiment of love with everyone in his class with those cards. 
He was more concerned about giving those cards to everybody than getting anything from anyone. This is the opposite to thinking of our world. We're told that you can love if you, if someone, if someone wants love, they better love you first. We're told that we're the center of everything. You're told to see what you can get before you pour out love towards others. I want to reread verses 4 to 7 here for you again. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in rejoices with the truth. It always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always perseveres. You know, as you read those verses and hear those verses, maybe you're thinking, oh, I've messed up. I haven't shown love. I, I don't exhibit that love that is in First Corinthians four to seven. Maybe you're thinking about someone else who's oh well they've they don't show me that so I'm not going to love them. But all that we have we serve a God who forgives. It's so easy to beat yourself up as you read those verses times and think. I'm so horrible. I've messed those up. Oh, I can imagine so-and-so is mad at me because I, I haven't followed through with those. I know that's what I do my, even now when I read those verses. But you read those verses, I want you to realize that love's not about getting. We don't keep track of all the time we got that love. But it's about giving. And that's hard to get through our heads. God will pour into our lives that love. And if we're obeying God, we're going to pour love into other people's lives. And we're like a sponge. We just can only take so much and we need to pour it out onto others. But it's not for us to just soak up and say, oh yeah, I've got this all this love. We need to pour it out to the rest of the people around us. Friends, you are so loved by God. Go out and go and love God in the same way that he's loved you. Love is in you to give. Today we've been going through the, the most essential Christian attitude, love. We see that love is rooted in the nature of God. We see that it's a mark of those who truly follow Jesus. We see that love is the greatest commandment. We've seen that love is the essential ingredient in our lives. And we've seen that love is in us to give. But these three remain, faith, hope, and love. Let each of these attitudes be in us daily, changing the way we live in the kingdom of God. 
faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. God bless you, my friends, as you go out this week in faith, hope, and love. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for today. God, we thank you for this sermon series we've been able to go through on faith, hope, and love. That we have faith in that belief in what you're doing. That hope, that certainty, that trust in you on what the work you've started and the work you're going to complete. And the greatest of these is love. That love that would transform our lives and that transform our world. God, I pray for my friends here that they would exhibit your love and as they make mistakes and they don't always act as loving as you want them, I pray that they would be able to forgive themselves and that you've already forgiven them. That they could continue on and love the world around them, starting with our, our fellow brothers and sisters here, God. Thank you for my friends here. I just pray that you go with them this week. In Jesus' name, amen.